Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, well, it's a Friday edition of State of the Nation on TNT Radio. I'm Steve Hook, and we are so happy to welcome back Brian Hesher McLean. I am on the Central Jersey Shore. Brian is back in Central Texas. Hesh, it's great to see you, brother. Oh, How yeah, you it's great. Great to be back. I'm doing well. A uh, little worse for the wear, but, you know, life is uh, high speed, low drag usually here. And this last week has been high speed, high drag, but I am ready to rock and so glad to be back here on State of the Nation, Steve. Yeah, we've got a big show for you on a Friday, so uh, it's it's a good show to come back on. Of course, they all are, but we are uh, certainly glad to have you back. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of things before we uh, before we really dive in here. You know, Hesher, we were talking off air. One of the most dangerous and uh, kind of laughable tactics that the left uses a lot, really, if, if we're if we're honest, a lot of politicians do this, but the left has really kind of ramped it up to an art, and and that is the the art of projection. Uh, they tell you what the other side is doing while they're actually doing it. Uh, here's an example. Uh, Elise Stefanik has become quite a hero. Of course, she took on the three uh, university presidents and really made them look foolish uh, for their anti-Semitism uh, rallies going on on the campuses of MIT, UPenn, and Harvard. And now she's uh, she stepped in it again, and she's doing a great job. Representative Elise Stefanik has call- is calling for an ethics probe into a Washington, D.C. judge who has issued decisions uh, in cases involving both President Trump and the January 6th uh, defendants. House GOP Conference Chair Elise Stefanik from New York uh, on Friday, that would be this morning, issued a misconduct complaint against D.C. District Judge Beryl Howell over a speech that uh, she gave in late November, while accepting an award from the Women's White Collar Defense Association, I'm surprised they haven't stricken the word "white" out of this name, but there it is. Uh, without and women, for that matter, yeah, it should be called uh, women's. Well, hell, I don't know. Not even women's. It should be a uh, birthing people's defense association, I suppose. <laughs> I, I don't know. Go. Yeah, what do by you their own do? rules, of course. I mean, we would by their own. Yeah, that. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Well, without using Trump's name, Howell blamed the violence on the Capitol on quote-unquote big lies and warned a very surprising and downright troubling moment in this country when the very importance of facts is dismissed or ignored. Stefanik called her speech highly inappropriate, uh, and she uh, she accused Howell of uh, claiming that, quote, re-electing President Trump will lead to fascism in America. Now, that's what kind of struck me was, these folks on the left, man, keep saying fascism in America when they're using using uh, fascistic tactics on a regular basis. As far as the the projection goes, get this: this is uh, this is classic. Um, <laughs> this is almost too funny for words. One of the lead FBI agents, Hesh, that was in charge of uh, of investigating Trump for collusion with Russia. Uh, has now been 
sentenced to four years in prison. Charles McGonigal sentenced to 50 months, to be precise. Uh, he was uh, he was investigating Trump's collusion with Russia. He's been sentenced to about four years in prison for, wait for it, colluding with Russia. How about that? <laughs> he pled Classic. guilty. I mean, it's just you can't you can't even make it up. I, a Hollywood screenwriter would say, nah, it's not believable, but it's true. He pled guilty uh, to a conspiracy charge and has asked for no prison time. He's probably going to get some. Uh, he's a former FBI counterintelligence chief in New York, and uh, he was uh, a special agent in charge of the counter- counterintelligence division of the FBI's New York field office. And in that position, McGonagall supervises, uh, supervised and participated in the investigations of Russian oligarchs and their ties to Donald Trump. He has now been uh, found guilty of colluding with those very people, not Trump, but the Russians. So there you go. There's projection for you, writ large. What do you think about that, Ash? Yeah, serious projection. If everything is above board with that story, I'm a little dubious. Like, why are you sending one of your feds in that was sent on one of these, you know, uh, stitch up Trump missions, basically? And, and, you know, is this guy still on a mission? I'm already like I'm already putting my tinfoil hat on here. Is he is he an informant inside the prison now messing with like (laughs) J6 people or something like why would the DOJ even go after this guy? He was just doing, you know, his unconstitutional job, if you will, like so many other feds, politicians and media goons at this point. But, yeah, I mean, we get right back down to it. Uh, it's projection. It's absolutely projection. And this this talking point of reelecting Trump would lead to fascism in America. Uh, if you believe that you're not paying attention to the political cycle and the, and everything happening right now, because we're already there. We're already in it. We were there before Trump even arrived. And, uh, you know, he did his best, I hope, yeah. uh, to, to counter that. But I don't know, man. Uh, it's a stupid talking point. It's an absolutely stupid <laughs> talking point. Well, McGonagall supervised and participated in the investigation of Russian oligarchs, including one Oleg uh, Deripaska, uh, to whom he provided impermissible services. McGonagall, uh, now this is uh, this is uh, from the sentencing memoranda. McGonagall knew full well that uh, Deripaska was sanctioned, but he uh, also cannot claim that he was unaware that he was selling his services to a scoundrel Working against America's interest. A scoundrel. <laughs> a scoundrel. Scandalous. A scallywag. A scallywag. <laughs> a scallywag. A Russian scallywag. A scoundrel. Yeah, amazing, Steve. <laughs> I just love it, though. Hey, by the way, don't miss out on a thing. Make sure you download the TNT radio app from either your Apple App Store or Google Play, and then you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime, whenever, right now, in fact. And it's available right now to download as we keep you up to speed on TNT radio. Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, I don't know if you've seen this, Hesh, but this is classic. First Lady Jill Biden's video featuring a small handful of tap dancers uh, performing a bizarre-looking interpretation of the Nutcracker Suite. Uh, that, of course, Tchaikovsky's famous work. Well, this thing was filmed inside the White House, and it's getting anything but rave reviews, especially from conservatives who have discovered that the New York dance troupe featured in the video just happens to have a penchant for promoting left-wing, radical left-wing causes. Imagine that. 
Here mm-hmm. with the story, joining us is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Ruckus, I saw this. They were kind of gender-fluid dancers, and it was uh, it was a bizarre video, to say the least. What say you, man? It was certainly bizarre. It was kind of crazy. I actually, believe it or not, the first time I watched it, I watched it with no sound. So I, I had no idea they were tap dancing. So in my head, I thought they were doing all this to some sort of weird techno hip hop song or so I had no idea what to expect when I heard it uh in the yeah I was like oh now this makes a little more sense but barely um so yeah you uh you guys probably all seen this uh the video features this this dance group they're called the Dorance dancers uh and they are performing a tap dancing routine throughout the White House's halls decorated for Christmas and they are dressed in what's being described considered, we don't know, modernized versions of the classic festive holiday costumes that are associated with the Nutcracker Ballet. Uh, But I think just by watching it, I don't know if you would figure that out. But luckily, the First Lady explained it to us uh, when she shared the video of the routine on Thursday on X, uh, where she said, um, what did she say? Something about magic. I had it. I'm so sorry. Here it is. Here's her tweet. Quote, a bit of magic, wonder, and joy brought to you by the talented tappers of Durant's Dance, performing their playful interpretation of the Nutcracker Suite, end quote. Oh, she also says, quote, unquote, enjoy. Uh, well, I'm sad to say that not too many people seem to have been enjoying it, uh, but they sure are enjoying roasting it. Um the responses on the platform, absolutely brutal uh, and hilarious. Uh, prominent right-wing and conservative influencers, media personalities are panning the performance as quote-unquote woke, dystopic, quite a few of them questioning its apparent Hunger Games aesthetic. Um, highlight a few comments here. Molly Hemingway, uh, where'd she go? She said uh, <laughs> on X, these are all comments in reply to this one, to the Jill, to Jill, Jill Biden's uh, video on the platform. Uh, Molly Hemingway wrote, quote, the chestnuts are not getting roasted, but Jill Biden is for her Hunger Games Capital District Christmas approach this year. End quote. Uh, GOP Senator Eric Schmidt of Missouri tweeted, quote, evidently the White House has become an elaborate set for the next Hunger Games movie. End quote. So there was a lot of that going on. Uh, some more notable comments would be uh, former President Donald Trump's uh, former advisor, Stephen Miller, founder of American First Legal Organization, said, quote, this is a crime against Christmas, end quote. I like that one. Um, <laughs> now, let's see. Daily Wire, Matt Walsh, he stepped up to the plate and said, quote, it was, quote, the worst thing I've ever seen, end quote. Um, the Daily Wire's founding editor-in-chief, Ben Shapiro, said uh, that DEI, quote, makes everything crappier, end quote. <laughs> this is so good. Um, there was there was one more I want to share before we get into the DEI stuff real quick. There was a um, okay Rob Smith who identifies as he identifies as being gay. He's a black man. He said, "quote Watching this is making me racist and homophobic." End quote. Okay, <laughs> so that was to give you an idea. So what happened is that um, at least one person got really smart. Uh, in particular, here it was Jeremy Carl, a senior fellow at the California-based conservative think tank Claremont Institute. He was also an Interior Department official during the Trump administration. He asserted that the group was likely not chosen by chance, and he pointed out the company's promotion of leftist causes and Communist Party figures in a post on X. He wrote, quote, the dance company that produced the Hunger Games 
games vibe video that Jill Biden shared with the world. Did you think, sweet summer child, that this group was featured by chance? End quote. Uh, apparently, this group uh, was founded in 2011 by Michelle Durance, a white woman. Durance dance strongly advocates for quote unquote anti-racism and embraces leftist political principles. In fact, if you check out their website, they go well beyond dance and they actively endorse radical left ideologies. They have an educate yourself section, which introduces concepts like white privilege, systemic racism, and anti-racism for beginners, recommending visitors access a quote-unquote anti-racism for beginners website as a resource. They also have a take action section, which is targeted at white people. Uh, it advocates the ab abolition of prison and police and is framed as an introduction to such left-wing principles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, there's plenty more up there. Uh, but yeah, that's what's going on. So not only was it bizarre and not entertaining, um, apparently there's some politics involved. Gentlemen, what do you think? Wow. Uh, okay, I, I got to jump in here real quick. Um, I actually hadn't seen it, so if you saw my eyes darting around, it's because I was watching it on the side while listening to you and while writing down some thoughts here, Ruckus. Uh, where does one begin? First off, this is just silly. You know, it's silly flat out just look at it i did like you i watched it with the sound off um i noticed on youtube it's got a blocked uh thumbs down so there's no way to see how many thumbs down uh it's been given i would love to see the <laughs> ratioing there youtube do us a favor please unlock that ratioing we'd love to see it i mean we are the american public this is our administration and if they put something like that out on our holidays and and the majority of the country doesn't like it who are you to not be the town square and let us say, hey, we don't like that. And I'd also like to point out um, that that the Biden family this time last year on State of the Nation, when it was brand new, you guys, we talked about uh, the stockings and the decorations. And we noticed that all of the Biden's uh, grandkids had a stocking except the one that came from the stripper. Right. Who is actually, you know, uh, Hunter has had to claim that daughter. So I have a I have a theory, Steve, that this year um, be, they don't have the stockings up and they've changed it into basically like a uh, a show tune, like a like a RuPaul's drag show show tune. And, you know, the LGBT uh, and all the other alphabet soup, they love show tunes. And, you know, that's cool. I think probably the B, the G's and the T's love the show tunes the most, but I don't, what, what do I know? Um, but, you know, most Americans don't really watch that stuff. So it's just, I don't know, it's pandering and uh, yeah. yeah, DEI makes everything crappier. Well, you know, one thing I noticed about it and I, I didn't see anybody comment on this on Twitter, but first of all, like I said, most of these dancers are, are very gender neutral. And oh, the yeah. only the only white Caucasian Caucasian male that we see is in the role of the Rat King or the Mouse King. Wonder <laughs> if that was coincidental. It's like, okay, now you're the pretty sugar plum fairy, uh, you're the Nutcracker, and yeah, where's the white guy? We'll put the rat costume on him. Uh, I just I just found the whole thing absurd, and I'm also reminded of how the left went after Melania Trump. Remember. Her, her yeah. decorations were dark and dystopian and all this stuff. And then they come up with this far left, flamingly far left dance troupe to put. And they didn't even use Tchaikovsky music. I mean, it was like you're doing the Nutcracker, but you're not playing the, uh, you know, the, the dance of the sugar plum fairies. You're not playing any of this music that 
all of us know so well. I found the whole thing a swing and a miss. I thought it was just ridiculous, and um, it rightfully gets roasted. And to your point, Hesh, about uh, YouTube blocking the thumbs down, well, that kind of tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. Tells you, there's a reason. It tells you everything you need to know. If they block <laughs> that, uh, there's a reason for it. Anything else here, Ruckus? Oh, I, I think uh, that that that's more than enough, gentlemen. Um, I, now I have to go wash out my eyeballs because I rewatched the video. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. All right. Well, thank you, brother. We'll talk to you again in about an hour. Thanks so much, uh, Ruckus. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Oh, boy. If you haven't seen it, by the way, go watch it. But um, just watch it once. It's not good for your mental health. You're listening and watching. By yeah, that's eyes. right. For your eyes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're watching and listening to State of the Nation on TNT Radio. We've got a big show for you. We take a real short break. We come back. Dr. Mark Richards will be joining us on the other side on TNT Radio. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the Internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40. California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine. Government That's stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%, you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people were saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. 
we were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. Best. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, well, as government grows, uh, so too does its malign influence on science. That's no shocker. This became very obvious during the pandemic crisis. COVID was used uh, as a cudgel and a control mechanism by our federal government, state governments, and even municipal governments. Dr. Mark Richards penned a recent article for the American Liberty News titled, The Deadliest Pandemic of All, Loss of Integrity. Dr. Richards uh, joins us now to discuss this growingly unholy alliance between science and government. Dr. Richards, hello, sir. Welcome to State of the Nation. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back. Well, it's wonderful to have you back. I read the piece that you wrote, and uh, it's, uh, boy, you really, you don't hold any, you don't hold anything back. You've witnessed a lot of this. You grew up in the D.C. area, and you've uh, you've worked with a lot of these government agencies, um, we've been talking about this a lot on State of the Nation, that it seemed to me that Fauci, and I think this has become abundantly obvious, Fauci and some of the other Dr. Burks and the, the CDC and everybody, uh, th- they were taking their orders from government and maybe the other way around too. I don't know, but they were certainly working, to borrow a phrase, in collusion with each other, weren't they? They were. They were. It's, uh, I was holding no punches because I just said the truth. And, you know, it, it, when you lay the truth out on a piece of paper and 900 words, I think, um, there's not much room to argue against it. I think the people in government that read that are like, yep, he's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I noticed one of the. Go ahead. Sorry, Steve. Right. Sorry, Steve. But I, I couldn't help but notice that in your article, you were talking about how long you've been kind of tracking the increase in the loss of integrity by those entrusted to act on our behalf. That's a quote from your article right there. Talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, you started to see this. I think a lot of us have been seeing this coming. And and now what Steve just laid out and what you've laid out in the article there is really like, okay, we're here. We've arrived. Yeah, no, we have arrived. And that's unfortunate that we've arrived. Um, You know, I touched on this in my book, Nobody Wants You Healthy. And... I was very specific in the book. I stayed away from controversial issues and just talked about the corruption of modern medical science and how you need to avoid those corruptions in order to become healthy. What I've noticed is that there's always been background corruption. Uh, That's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Ever since we had a society there, you know, whether it's Greek or Egyptian or whatever, there were all sorts of levels of corruption. The problem was it's sort of a background level and you can sort of tolerate it because you're never going to get perfection here on earth. And then about 2005, um, I 
I noticed that it was there was an exceptional amount of medical science research and recommendations that were going off track. Um, and in fact, John Ioannidis, a brilliant um, PhD mathematician and infectious disease doctor at Stanford, um, who does public health analysis, wrote an article showing that over 75% of peer-reviewed journal articles in med medicine and science are false. They're not reproducible in independent labs. And that really has a big impact. Now, when it's in the regular sciences, you know, in physics and whatever, um, that means billions of dollars of research money go down blind alleys because what they were based on was not true. But when you have that in the medical sciences where you're treating patients based on this clinical data, you end up killing them. And this is a problem. So it kept on building and there was definitely more tension between the pharmaceutical industry and the more scientific geeky doctors like me that were saying, this is not, this is not make sense. And then COVID happened. And that's when we went off the rails because you had a couple issues happening simultaneously. You had the um, medical enterprises in research uh, that were profit-based, including NIH, um, because even though NIH is a government entity, uh, the pharmaceutical industry gives a lot of grants to NIH and the doctors at NIH share in the intellectual property rights. So for example, 50% of the intellectual property rights for the mRNA vaccine platform belong to NIH and its doctors like Fauci and Collins and so on. So when Moderna paid $400 million to NIH and its scientists as a payment several quarters ago, and had to report it because it was a large dollar amount. There's no doubt on where that money went. And you see, it's sort of payback because when this research on how to build the coronavirus was started in Ralph Barrick's lab, he's one of our DOD bioweapons researchers at UNC, the NIH was involved because they had to approve this research because it was gain of function. And the Defense Department was involved because they were funding it. And it was really supposed to be sort of under the radar. Congress had banned gain-of-function research, and yet the NIH doctors, Fauci and Collins, approved Ralph's art, uh, research to continue, and he published it in 2015. And he published the fact that humanized mice could be infected through the air with this virus, and it killed them. And then um, we banned gain-of-function research on United States soil after that because the outcry from foreign um, biology labs like the Pasteur Institute was like, hey, if this ever escapes the lab, it's going to cause a pandemic of unknown consequences. So what happened? So what happened was we um, outsourced it to Ralph Barrick's co-author on that article he wrote in Nature Medicine in 2015, who happened to be Xi Jinping, the Bat Lady of Wuhan. So now you have this research being outsourced over there, uh, NIH bypassed their safety committees to help fund it over there under Fauci's signature. And then the DOD um, had to bypass the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, which said this lab's not safe, you can't fund it over there. And they funded it around their safety panel and gave them money. So then the virus escapes. Now what happens? Now what happens is a Watergate issue, right? You have a cover-up because nobody wants to be out there going, yeah, we funded this thing and we just killed a million people. So yeah, they're it, trying to cover it up. And then you have people lying about where it came from, even though it's in print, it's in black and white since 2015. We know where it all came from. And, and now then they're going, oh, we got to do something about it because we caused it. So they jump on this crazy bandwagon of an mRNA platform for vaccines, which had been shown to be detrimental and not useful in the animal model for almost 20 years. 
but they decided to go with it anyway. And they put the one person in charge of this whole policy and gave him dictatorial tyranny powers who actually was going to financially benefit from pushing an mRNA vaccine. Yeah, Dr. Richards. The whole thing's crazy. Yeah, Dr. Richards. um, Yeah, it's basically putting the wolf in charge of the hen house. Um, Let's, uh, we're going to take a real quick uh, break for a headline. But when we come back, I want to kind of follow up on this because not only was was there a cover-up going on, but anyone that tried to blow the whistle on this was shut down, was shut down by the media, was shut down by the government, was shut down by big tech. So we'll take a quick headline break. Come back. I want to get your take on that. You're listening and watching State of the Nation on TNT Radio. Our guest is Dr. Mark Richards. We're talking about COVID and a whole lot more. We'll be right back after this headline. Big news. We do have some big news. TNT Radio News. Big news. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. A fault at a Con Edison plant in Brooklyn led to a brief but significant power outage in New York City, causing widespread disruptions. On December 14th, the New South Wales government urged residents to cut back on non-essential electricity usage due to high temperatures affecting the power grid. Australia is set to shut down all coal-fired power stations by 2038, with the possibility of an even earlier transition within the next decade. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, here we are uh, back on State of the Nation. Our guest is Dr. Mark Richards. He is the author of uh, the book, Nobody Wants You Healthy. And we're discussing COVID. And the, the I mean, if if the, I, I got to say, Dr. Richards, if, if the American people ever wanted any evidence of this collusion, you, look, you need to look no further than the way all of the people that came out with an opposing view were immediately shut down. I'm talking about people like you, Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Chata, what's his name? Uh, B- B- uh, I forget his name. Bacchiara. Bacchiara yeah, from go. Stanford. Yeah. Yep. Bacchiara. Yeah. All of these doctors were shut down. Some of them were just removed from platforms, blacklisted. Uh, Rand Paul called out Fauci. I mean, that, that's some of the funniest uh, testimony ever to watch him just take him out because you can see Fauci. He's got a lot to cover up for, and boy, he was. What do you make of all this as far as the cover-up was concerned? Well, I never thought I'd see a cover-up this deep and this big with a complete abridgment of our First Amendment rights of free speech in in the United States. I just never believed I'd see it. But if you are going to see it, it's going to be when you're covering up a disaster that was caused by our federal government agencies that work in clandestine work. So the bioweapons programs, the DOD, and an intelligence program with the various intelligence agencies. And it also works with NIH, which was profiting from it. And so, and then the university systems are all profiting from the DOD funding of their research. So you have basically the people in charge with amazing enforcement powers and amazing uh, police powers that are trying to cover things up. So for them not to use those powers to cover it up would be even more shocking. Of course, they were gonna use those powers to cover it up. The problem with the cover up 
is that in the end, it always gets exposed. There's way too many people that knew the truth. Even in the beginning, there were way too many people that knew the truth. So they could cover it up for a year or two. But as Mark Zuckerberg says, yeah, he was censoring doctors who were speaking the truth because the federal government threatened his company. So, you know, the Supreme Court's going to hear this and they're going to hear it this next term. They've already accepted the case. And the appellate judge rulings before this called the U.S. government's abridgment of freedom of speech appalling. So I can't imagine the Supreme Court's going to be any kinder to our federal agencies. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's so much to this. There's so much to unpack to this. It's really amazing. I mean, let's talk about Fauci for a second here. And let's look back to the 1980s and what happened with HIV, right? It's like HIV, the virus, you know, the subatomic particle that leads to, you know, AIDS. And and what do they do? They roll out this experimental drug, AZT. They tell people it's they scare the crap out of everybody, right? A similar campaign aimed at a smaller group of people, right? A subsection of America and the world, I suppose, you know, with some of these same forces that we're talking about, we're mucking around in Africa and playing around with these sort of things. And and what did it lead to? It led to a bunch of people getting tests that were not reliable and then taking drugs that were not safe and people dying from the, the result of the drugs. I mean, talk to us a little bit about that parallel. What do you see there? It's the exact same playbook. I mean, I, you know, some of my clients and friends um, were working with Fauci during that AIDS epidemic, and they were his colleagues, like directly his level. And um, their statements were basically he should have been put in a 10 by 10 cell for the corruption that he did during that time. Um, the, we did the, he did the exact same thing again. You know, we weren't allowed to recommend common sense generic treatments to patients. Uh, to prevent COVID or to treat COVID. The Japanese never used remdesivir. That's a, a dangerous, dangerous drug. It does have some antiviral properties, but you should never be giving it more than 48 hours after symptoms start. And instead, that's the drug the government allowed you to use. And you would be sanctioned if you gave your patients steroids or ivermectin, which now we know from world experience, um, were actually the absolute best drugs to give. The Japanese had a very low death rate of COVID because they used common sense and they just were like, yeah, you have a lung inflammation, we're going to give you steroids. You know, we're yeah. not going to put you on a ventilator because that's how you kill asthmatics, right? You put them on a ventilator. So we're going to give you steroids, give you oxygen, and you're going to do fine. In Peru, they found that ivermectin, through a very interesting quirk, uh, their old president uh, allowed ivermectin use. And in the states where they heavily used ivermectin, there was a 74% reduction in mortality from COVID. When the new president came in, probably a, a, a U.S. Um, sympathizer, let's say, uh, he banned ivermectin and the death rate went up many fold. So yeah, and he probably know, they banned, it, probably banned it on for U.S. Us. orders. Yeah, probably. So it, well, let me ask just, you this, Dr. Richards. We don't have much time left. I'm not trying to step on you, but I just... This is this is so mad, maddening because, and, and and your article kind of touches on this, but what, what ends up happening is, the the general population starts to see this, and we get wise to it, and and as you mentioned, the truth will always out, and it did, and now we have a situation where it's kind of a boy who cried wolf scenario because if something really does bad happen, uh, something you know, and they're gonna, I think they can use this as a fear, a weapon of fear, you know, going forward whenever they want. 
But now people are going to go, you know what? Screw you. I don't believe a word you say. So it's really detrimental. And it's not only in, in medical science. I would say this is exactly what's happening in climate research, too. You want well, that new $85 million Arctic research vessel? Give us the science we want. And, you know, the science is only as, uh, as, as good as the scientists producing it. And if they're being well, here, bought and paid for. Well, the, you know, here's here's the thing. Why is climate science agreed to by 98 percent of scientists? Because 98 percent of scientists don't want to be defunded. But, you know, as a science geek, I can tell you it's full of crap. I, you know, I, I, I know Al Gore and John Kerry. They don't know squat about science. You know, I, I, it's just incredible that they're out there, but they're all profiting off of this frenzy of, of CO2 and climate change. Now, climate's changing. It's changed for 4 billion years, and it will. It will get warmer, and it will get colder. But our carbon dioxide levels that we're at now are some of the lowest in Earth's history. And if it gets cut by half, most of the plants are going to die because that's what plants use for food and fertilizer is CO2. And it's only 0.04% yeah. of the population of the uh, atmosphere now. If it goes down to 0.02, we're in danger. We're in trouble. I saw an article in The Guardian yesterday that somebody posted online, Guardian UK, saying scientists are now warning that human breath could be a problem for the planet. Right. Like, oh, they have just ab exhaling could be a problem. It's like, OK, when does the culling begin? Holy cow. Dr. Mark Richards, thank you for some time today. By the way, go to the website. Nobody wants you healthy dot com. Nobody wants you healthy dot com and, uh, and and jump in. Uh, on his book, because it's a wonderful book. Dr. Richards, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. You too. All right. Take care. There he goes. That's maddening, isn't it, Hesher? That is maddening. It's so yeah. maddening. Yeah. Uh, it, it, well, I'm glad yeah. you did, too. We're going to share it. All right. We got to go to break, but thank you, Dr. Richards. All right, you're watching State of the Nation. We'll be right back on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Apparently, the climate cabal is freaking out. From Al Gore to John Kerry and down to the oddest imported student radical, they're freaking out over the final text as the climate talks in Dubai near their conclusion. At issue is whether the outcome will call for the phase-out of fossil fuels or merely call for fossil fuel reduction and similar as they put it, weasel words. Either term will leave nations with tons of wiggle room to avoid or delay destroying their economies through energy starvation. And that's the big question. Do you want to starve because you have no energy? Or do you want to continue to eat because you do have energy? Hmm, that is an interesting question. I wonder which one I would choose. As veterans of the UN climate process since the whole shebang began, taking a look at this, we've seen this play out before. No matter what happens, the conference officials will emerge bleary-eyed and proclaim a major victory, leaving it up to the rest of us to sort through what happened and figure it out. Often, as is likely this time, the conference ends in de facto collapse. In fact, Al Gore, that's right, the high priest, said that the conference is on the verge of complete failure because he wants fossil fuels phased out completely. <sighs> I wish Al Gore the best. I hope him a long life, but I wish his presence on the world stage would be phased out. If they could actually agree on that, then it would be a success. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if you're not in Dubai. It's the only weather you got. Around here. 
Bushfire is just a part of life. We've been through it before. And we'll get through it again. The people here all look out for each other. We're a community that does its bit to plan and prepare, to keep everyone safe. We live with bushfire, so we live bushfire ready. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Now, our next guest has sold over a quarter of a million books and is a fearless fighter against corruption. He's perhaps best known as co-author of the Plague series, Plague, Plague of Corruption, and Ending Plague with Dr. Judy Mikovits and Dr. Francis Rossetti. Uh, he's also taken on big tech and big corporate media, which elates us of course because that's what we do on the regular over here at state of the nation on today's news talk and we're very happy to welcome kent hicken lively to state of the nation hello kent how are you i'm doing great excellent excellent well um how pervasive is the corruption between government and some of these industries and sciences i mean our previous guest was just telling us and many of you know this, but many of you may not, uh, that 75% of quote unquote peer reviewed studies are not even reproducible in an independent lab. I mean, the, the corruption must just be off the charts. What's your view of this? Yeah, it, well, it's what you have is you have a system that is designed for one purpose, and that is to create a long term product that is used by the customer again and again. It's not designed for health. It's designed to create a continuing marketplace for the big pharma companies. Is it, hey, uh, uh, Ken, it's great to see you. I'm Steve Hook. Um, I would think th th that makes sense to me, but I would also posit that it is also designed to give government more and more power over our lives, um, whether it's climate, whether it's medical, whatever the whatever the case may be, these government, uh, these uh, scientists, be they in, in earth sciences, medical science, whatever, they're getting massive research grants, brand new laboratories, and everything else. And I think it's a uh, kind of a one hand washes another scenario here, isn't it? Yeah. So I always like to approach it from the philosophy that design is destiny. So if you design it so that the government is funding science, what you're going to get is the scientists will continue to want to be employed. So climate science is a perfect example of that. Okay, so if the scientists came back and said, Ah, you know, we think that maybe we're contributing a little bit, but maybe it's more likely that the Earth is is moving in its orbit. We have these these different patterns. If we look two, three thousand years in the past, the variations are not much trouble. You never get funded when you say there's no problem. So there's an incentive in the system to always find problems because if you find problems, you continue to be unemployed. If you find no problems, you're unemployed. Yeah, absolutely amazing. You know, I, you know what you're talking about here, a system designed to create long-term products, designed for perpetual use and, and um, consumption. 
this is what we would call an industrial complex uh, in my estimation. So we've got, we already had a, a medical industrial complex, a military industrial complex, pharmaceutical industrial complex, you know, censorship industrial complex. But that's an interesting one to pause on because when 2020 came around, all of a sudden, and, and those ones that I just mentioned took years and years and years to, to build, right? And to pour the red tape and the legislation onto that allowed more grift and more cronyism and all this. But when 2020 happened, it was like a red carpet just Bonanza. You know, rolled out. And all of a sudden we had a pandemic industrial complex full of, you know, uh, PCRs and lateral flows and N95s and cloth masks and, you know, all the like uh, COVIDian cult sacraments were involved <laughs> in this industrial complex. Have you ever seen one rolled out like in, in so quickly? The benefit of talking to somebody like me is I did a deep dive in all of this before COVID hit. So what I like to say is crisis brings opportunity for bad actors to come onto the scene and to create systems of control. This system of control of science actually goes back to the 1980s, where Reagan did something that was terrible, which was he wanted to shrink the size of government, which I think we all agree, agree about. Um, but what happened was he fired a lot of the research scientists who were working for the government, and then they came back as contract employees. So they, they had basically been made serfs of the government. And this allowed people like Anthony Fauci, who is really trained by one of the most unethical men in science, Robert Gallo. And, and what Gallo and Fauci were doing is they were taking science away from the scientists and making generals of science. So Robert Gallo was the most cited scientist of the 1980s, okay? Then his little minion Fauci came along. And so the funding decisions are made by the people who are heads of these agencies rather than groups of independent scientists. So now most of the scientists who are, quote, government scientists aren't actually government scientists. They're under contract to the government for a period of years. So if they don't do what the government wants, well, the contract just isn't renewed. So we really have kind of 40 years of this centralization of scientific funding. And, and in my book, Presidential Takedown, which I wrote with Dr. Paul Alexander, who'd been the senior pandemic advisor, we ran across a figure that the NIH, which so that's basically was Francis Collins, but really Tony Fauci running it. So their budget is $40 billion a year, and they give out $30 billion a year in grants. So that means that basically, you know, uh, Collins and Fauci are spending, are giving out $30 billion a year of money to the scientific community. That buys a lot of support. You know, as a measure of comparison, you know, the 2020 election costs $5 billion to elect a president on both Republican and Democratic side. So these sons of bitches had six times that amount of money that they spend every year. God almighty. I, I, well, yeah, this is, this comes as a shock to me, Kent, because I was, I was under the impression that Fauci was the science. 
Fauci told everybody <laughs> that he was the science. So if Fauci's not the science, I see you're sitting in a laboratory. For our purposes today, you are the science. Um, I, I, and, you know, we talked to Dr. Mark Richards right before you came on, and I said something to him that I think is prescient here because I think that I, I think that it's 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 scary. Nobody's going to believe the science after COVID because now we know that it's rigged. It's 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 a it's a it's a fixed game. How do we fix it? And I mean unfix it by fixing. You know what I'm saying? How do, how do we get this 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 big leviathan of federal government and this pouring all this money into? How do we fix that? Well, th- there's a number of ways. So first of all. In the vaccine issue, what have they done with vaccines? Vaccines are a liability-free product for the companies who create them. You know, and so the Supreme Court actually says that they are unavoidably unsafe products. So how is it that these things are being forced on us? So we got to remove that legal protection of to the pharmaceutical companies. The other thing we have to do is we're the only country in the world besides New Zealand, which allows Big Pharma to advertise on our media to the public. Every other country in the world says, no, advertise to doctors. And so what happens is Big Pharma has a stranglehold on the media. So it's estimated that you know 60 to 70% of the evening news is brought to you by Big Pharma. Well, that that affects the stories they'll cover. What we also have is that Big Pharma contributes to our Congress. And for those who are concerned, who on the left, who are concerned about big oil, well, Big Pharma contributes twice as much to our Congress. So they've bought our Congress and they've bought our media. That's frightening. And uh, I hope that people are learning this uh we've known this for some time now and i think the events of the last three years should really really underline it especially as everybody now seems to know someone who is way too young to be dealing with myocarditis pericarditis turbo cancer babies are being born with turbo cancer i mean it's it's just like how how can they keep the grift going as the bodies pile up yeah and and the latest news is that brazilian gospel singer 30 years old dies on stage you know i'm old enough remember when 30 year olds didn't die on stage (laughs) Yeah, yeah it was about it was about four years ago, as I as I recall. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it is. Uh, it is the way you put it, Kent, is scary because if everyone's on the take, who do you turn to to fix it? If the, and you're right about the media. You'll watch the media. I'll watch TV. Don't even have to watch the media. I can just watch some uh, Wheel of Fortune or something. And every time they go to break, I'm seeing Cindy Lauper push uh, some uh, cream uh, or some drug for uh, psoriasis. And then I'm seeing uh, somebody else, some other celeb pushing another drug. And it's like four or five spots out of a six uh, out of a six minute break. You'll see at least two uh, pharma spots. And that's just about every stop set whether it's uh, the news or just regular television. So who do, who do we turn to to fix it if we can't trust any of them? It's pretty scary. Well, 
we re resort to the age-old approach of mockery. We must keep mocking them until yes. it falls under its own weight. So this is why I say, you know, we need to be cheerful, friendly, everything good, because, you know, just getting mad and being stern turns people off. Yeah. Turn it into a joke. This is a friggin' joke. When I see Lady Gaga do a pharma ad for a headache medication, and I'm like, does she not have enough money already? Why the hell is she whoring for big pharma? I ask myself that all the time with some of these people. It's like you look up their properties, you look up their net worth, you look up, you know, the the you know the pieces of public information that give you a little bit of info about that person that you were probably never interested in before. But then you see one of these commercials and it's like, oh, here's this very famous footballer or pop star or whoever. How many mansions do they own? Wait a minute. Why do you need money from Big Pharma for to push something <laughs> that is dangerous, that is deadly? I mean, what is what is coming to these people? I assume they're all Covidian cult members and they believe in all the sacraments and they've taken all the jabs and they believe that all of a sudden now children are, you know, to be having heart attacks on the soccer field. But I mean, it, it's really uh, ins insidious, I believe. Is well, the you know, with, 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 with some of these folks, it's like, hey, th that place I've got on St. Mark's, Cosentix uh, bought that for me. I mean, it, it really is <laughs> whoring themselves out uh, to, to get the get the brand new latest Lamborghini or something. It's it really is staggering. Mockery is the best weapon. I think you're right there, but it's yeah. scary, man. It's a big fight. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, and, and it's it, it's why the mainstream media really is dying. I mean, Tucker Carlson is correct when he said the media killed themselves. Uh, we don't trust them and we're looking for alternative voices. Well, you've got them here on TNT radio. So, yeah. <laughs> so we can, uh, wow. Very, very interesting. I want to ask you one more thing. We've only got a couple of minutes left here, uh, Kent, but I noticed that you kind of helped, uh, uh, Alex Jones get his groove back. Um, why don't you talk to us about your, yeah, there you go. The great awakening. Uh, and you're right on there as a, as a co-author to that book. Tell us about the book. And Alex Jones ticked a lot of people off with his Sandy Hook claims, but it looks like he apologizes damn near every time he comes on the air now about that. Uh, and he's really kind of shaking things up again. How did you help him? Yeah, so uh, I got called by my publisher that, uh, that he'd had a previous book, uh, The Great Reset, which was troubled. So I was brought in kind of about halfway through the making of that book. And, and uh, uh, that one sold really well. The the reviews were great. I think it's around 4.8 out of 4.9 out of five stars on Amazon. And so uh, Alex said, okay, now I want to do another book, but it's got to be bigger and fatter. You know, we, we, we got to have so much more stuff. So, um, you know, and it, it was actually great working with him because he's got a brilliant mind. Because, you know, I would ask him things like, hey, I don't understand the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Okay. I, I get the young girls. I get, I, but I don't understand who is he working for? Is he working Kent, for, for Kent, Israel? That's, and, and, we're going to have to leave it right there, but I got, okay. I got to say the great awakening, go pick it up. And of course, Kent, Kent Heckin Lively. Thank you so much. Kent Heckin Lively books.com is the website. We really appreciate you. Thanks for being here on TNT radio with us. Thanks so much.